This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and the returning George Allman. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. Morning, fellas. Good morning. Beautiful, beautiful day this morning. Beautiful, beautiful Incredibly morning. Incredibly clear outside. Did anybody bother to look at their uh, thermometers to see how cool it was? 41. Yeah, it's, it's getting cool. Yeah, it was- the trees are getting chill. Yes. The crescent moon was gorgeous, and that was Venus. Yes. Just below it. That was right next to it. How yeah. did you know? I had to look it up. Because it's so bright. Oh. It's about the brightest one. Is that why everybody calls me Venus? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Beautiful, beautiful morning. And we're supposed to have a continued week of, or the coming week is supposed to be cool and warm and cool and warm. I guess we're going to have a Santa Ana event, event today and tomorrow. Oh, really? But the, the red flag warning is to the north of us this time. And then it's supposed to be cool next week. And they're, they're starting to tease the, a hint of rain of possibly rain by next weekend. Okay. Oh, well, we could use nice. it. Yeah. We can. Um, there's a surf warning, I think, this, this week, too. High surf, yes. High surf advisory. High surf advisory, coastal flooding, and all that fun stuff. I didn't check with my... But he can to see if he was going to go out and go surfing. But it's supposed to be a, a nice northwest swell coming in. You know, it's interesting, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember there being king tides when I was a kid. No, we called mm-hmm. them high tides. Yeah, yeah I, I, I understand that, but I don't remember them being as big as they are. We have some friends that live over in in Del Mar, right across the street from the North Torrey Pines parking lot. And when we go over to see him and there's a king tide and you're driving by the estuary, it's incredible how much water is in in that lagoon. Agreed. They, it's I mean, fed it, by it, the it, Pacific Ocean. But it, it yeah. I mean it it comes way up. It's it's pretty amazing. And then but, there's there are times that we've been down at we've been down at the club during a king tide and the the ramps down onto the docks are parallel. To the water. Well, oh wow! Okay. I mean, the 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 docks come up that much where the the ramp. There's no slope on the ramp at all. Wow! But thinking about back in our youth, mm-hmm. the high tides in Mission Bay would come up to the flat down down um, by Mission Beach on the bay side in ski ski not 
Mariner's Cove. Okay. And the the tide would come up high enough that it would get up to the flat part of the beach. And all through our growing up, when we had big storms that coincided with king tides, or high tides, the water would come over the wall at the boardwalk. I do not, remember not that. Often. I, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. It, it was usually throughout but our it was, lifetime. It was usually during a storm, though. When when Correct. when it hits the seawall, well, it was during the storm. And and the same, if we have high surf, like if if this surf event coincided mm-hmm. with a high tide, now yeah. a king right. tide, yeah. now part of the problem, then we would ha- we will have that flooding. But it wasn't. It was always just part of life. True. Thirty yeah, years ago, you're probably right. And now it, it is. A big, well, deal. Or, a big deal. Or I was a kid and I never paid any attention to well, that, it. Oh, that, I that, did. Part of it. Yeah. Watching, watching the news and watching that gray sandy water come over the, uh, the oh, wall I remember. at South Mission. No, that was I remember. Cool. I do remember that, and I remember it was. Pre- I remember it was pretty cool. I guess the um, what I remember was we in the yeah. summertime we always wanted to go to. We always wanted to go to Mission Bay at low tide because it was a shorter swim over to the island in Enchanted Cove <laughs> yes. by the Hilton. Yeah. So I remember that as, yeah. a, That's funny. as a kid. But, you know, where you grew up, you should have been worried that those tides were going to come wash all the way across and into your front yard. I know it would have been kind of a stretch. Well, yeah, a it would stretch. be a, it'd be a huge stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably a couple hundred feet of that's elevation. What, that's what there, they're so. that's what they're implying now. Well, I know. Okay, I that's all. I I remember what was it the eighties, eighty nine or something like that when we had winter storms and and high tides and the whole all all of Mission Beach got cleaned. Yeah, well cleaned for us in the late 80s i think it was, i think so i don't remember I, all right i don't yeah I don't it remember. was a long time ago it could have been last week for all i know but it was a long time ago yeah yeah i was you know it's funny i was trying to remember the i was talking to somebody about it and remember the year that um lake hodges overflowed for the first time and i thought it was like 1979 or 1980 right but i think it it might have been later than that, but I think it was. I think it was seventy nine. Well, that's when I would have somewhere right around. There, I would yeah, have guessed, and know. that was the first time that Lake Hodges had overflowed since the fifties. Wow! Yeah. I mean, it had. That was it had a been of, a long time, and that was, that was a lot a, of rain. That was a lot of because I remember. I remember my parents loading us up into the car to go see it. it. Go Everybody it, went to go it, see it. Exactly. It, it was yeah. it was bumper to bumper traffic on Del Dio's Highway. Uh, just to see it, and there was a there was a ton of water going over the right. going over the dam at that I got, point. I got to start siphons from my parents' backyard out to the front yard, and my reward for that mm-hmm. was a gamma globulin shot to the uh, <laughs> to the rear end, just in case. Very nice. Um, we do not have classes this week or until the first until after the first, correct? Correct. Yeah, there are no January, classes yeah. at all in December. And what is our first class when we come back in January? For the Poway store, it is on winter fruit tree care That'll be, and pruning. And who's going to be teaching that? Tyler Trimble. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay. He was in yesterday. He was there, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't either. But so. He's very busy. I can imagine. I would imagine so. And I don't think there's anything going on in Balboa Park through the end of Actually, there, the, I think other there than, is. Well, ju- yeah. there's Jungle Bells at the well, zoo. While you're looking at that, I just got notification that Doug Oliver 
Channel 8 weatherman. Remember Doug Alden? Yeah, I remember him. Passed away at 90. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he was that old. That's yeah. unfortunate. Um, the uh, San Diego Garden, um, Botanical Garden Foundation at Bubble mm-hmm. Park in the mm-hmm. Casa de Prado is a class on cactus. It's, I'm sorry, not a class, a meeting on the Cactus and Succulent Society today. Oh, Okay. From 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. in room 101, and then the bromeliad has a meeting from 9 to 1 at room 104. I don't typically hear well, 104. Okay, That's right next on. door. Yeah. Hang on for a second. It, it, that was in March. This is not timely information that came my way. I apologize for the Doug Oliver oh. misinformation. Well, untimely information. Untimely information. There you Would go. you... Tell me again what's coming up. <laughs> Cactus and Succulent uh, Society has a meeting today from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. That's at, a long meeting. That is yeah. a long day. Well, I would say it's probably a sale more so than a meeting. Um, in the Casa de Prado, room 101. And in room 104, the Bromeliad Society has a meeting. And just for the record, it's Del. Del what? Prado, not De Prado. Oh, you're right. Sorry. That's all right. Okay. For the record, I sit corrected. Thank you. Well, last... Wednesday, Wednesday night, we went with uh, some friends of ours to the uh, pre-opening of Jungle Bells at the zoo, okay. which is a they they do a very nice job. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty spectacular show that they put on there. Um, I don't know that it's quite as elaborate as what they do at the botanical garden, but it's a uh, it's nice, and they have well, well and there there's some animals that you can see. But they okay. they do the they do the bus tour and they have the skyfari going which I don't go on anymore. Um, it's my if. it's my crippling fear of heights yeah. that that prevents me from going. You people, on. Right. Totally so it. so I'm not going to see you and Mark going nope. across there together. Nope. N- well, if you do, I'm going to be curled up in the fetal <laughs> position on the floor of the thing. So, yeah. so yeah, no, that's not 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 something that's going to happen. I, I don't um, have but it's a good fear. Show. I don't have the fear of heights on airplanes or rock climbing or bouldering or climbing trees, but driving mountain roads bothers me. I've got a yeah. road for you in South America. Where's that? Where are oh, those geez. little yeah, cliffside those... roads where they show oh, buses? Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> I have no idea where those are. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'd avoid Tioga Pass then if I were you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dry, it, that that doesn't that doesn't bother me nearly, and and flying doesn't bother me. Yeah, as far as heights are concerned but uh yeah ladders any and, yeah, the, and on anything. the opposite none of that phases me i can rock climb i can repel i've repelled out of helicopters and it didn't bother me yeah but yeah. roads yeah how about the overlook at the at the grand canyon the glass bottom oh, overlook nope. for the, oh i'm never going on that no, thing no thank you <sighs> you guys mm-hmm. you you're missing out no no yes. i'm not no i I that and uh, what's the oh the building in Chicago the, the Sears the, Tower the no, it yeah. used to be the Hancock right. it's I think the it's Han- the Hancock, Hancock Tower now, where they have the little glass cubes that slide yeah. out and you can one of those actually broke one time Somebody did it come there. down no it did not did anybody but, fall through it no okay but still that's not the no point. humans that's were the, harmed yeah. in the making of this film just by just by I think it'd be, I think yeah. it'd be neat it would be concerning yeah i would probably have a faster heart rate well you didn't do that well you went to the you you hiked the canyon yeah you didn't did you go on that when you were there no 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 that's a different trek but there are some areas where if you took a wrong step that 
If you're the helicopter storm, might come. It happens for you, fairly it frequently up there. It, yeah. it happens fairly frequently at the Grand Canyon. People are stupid. Tumble well, exactly. I mean that that that's that's the bottom line. You know, there's a reason why there's a railing there, <laughs> and you, you don't go on the other side of it. Right. So. I thought it was because mom said, don't go on the other side of it. No. No. Mom was a genius, but. Uh, You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you'd like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to to talk to you. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. One thing I've no, one thing I noticed this week, George and you and I mentioned it a little bit the other day. Uh, the amount of scale that is showing up right now is—we're not talking about hard water scale, are we? No, we're, we're talking about plant barnacles. Plant barnacles, oyster scale. Our, uh, customer sent me some pictures of their lemon tree that was overall. It didn't look too bad. I mean, it didn't look it didn't look great. But they took some close-ups of the fruit and the stems, and it was just completely... And it looks like the stem. It looks like the stem, yeah. Completely covered with scale. Uh, Completely covered. So I said, you know, I said, I think everything that you're doing is okay. I said, it's probably just the scale. You spray it with horticultural oil, get get that under control. I said, I think the plant's going to be fine. Immediately. Yeah. What was the gentleman's name from... Oceanside or Carlsbad that called us with his dead lemon tree and he sprayed it with hoard oil and it came came back back, within a month. Right. They are taking so much energy directly out of the stems. Imagine if you would the twilight zone. If we had leeches completely covering our body taking our energy from us. I mean think about it like that and that's basically what it is. And when it's really bad there's no matter how much you water and feed, it's not getting to where it needs. No, not all, certainly not all of it. My um, mind just went to, to the African African Queen movie yeah. with Humphrey Bogart <laughs> with the leech scene. That, as you said, that I pictured it. Uh, I had a lady actually brought some citrus in against the big signs on our doors, not to bring them in, but uh, and they were two um, oranges covered in oyster scale. I had somebody brought in pictures of. Yep. Um, an orange covered with, um, I think it was cottony cushion scale. Okay. So, it, and we had somebody was calling them up. Their lemon tree had green spots on it, and I'm a, I presume that there were pieces of scale. There was scale in the middle of the green dots on the. Oh, probably. And they weren't yeah. seeing the scale itself. It it is, that well that's perfect because it's a timely reminder. I had uh, Asian citrus psyllid in my house a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I sprayed everything with oil. And not only will that take care of Asian citrus psyllid and its uh, larval stage, the nymphs, 
it'll take care of scale really well. It'll take care of anything. Yeah. If you spray it on them. But oh. then people that are concerned about spraying anything, well, first, horticultural oil is not a poison, technically. It, it suffocates them. It, it suffocates the insects. It's a so, highly refined mineral oil. Yeah. So the so the good news is that if you have, and if you have, if you have fruit that has scale on it, the scale typically doesn't affect the quality of the fruit itself, the interior of it. No, it, but it's it, not something you're going to want to give away. No, but you can take it. You can you can you can pick it and you can wash the scale off, off and yeah. and, it, and it's fine. Be but fine, the other yeah. thing or too have is shellfish with your citrus. Well, there you go. Uh, you can. It does come off on your hands when you're peeling. Yeah, I know. If, if you, but if you spray with horticultural oil, it will. It suffocates the insects, whether it's on the fruit or on the stems. Um, but you can pick the fruit the same. You right. can har, you can harvest and eat the right. fruit the same day. Right. I mean, it, it's right. not a, it's it's not an issue. Do you know what else I noticed? I had on my citrus trees just last night. Still have living, fresh, uh, leaf miner. That's getting awfully cold that for that. It's very yeah. cold. It's very late. And the hoard oil didn't take care of that. But it's on the same plants well, that have new growth. Well, it usually doesn't. No, I know. Because it's it's, it's protected by the leaf itself. By the leaf. It will take yeah. care of the moth, though, if the moth is somewhere if on the, the moth plant. Is right. Right. Yeah. I haven't even looked at my citrus lately. I should probably. You're part it. of the problem. You I are could, part I of could the be. problem. Exactly. I, I probably am. But then I saw the letter that you forwarded from... Uh, one of the big wholesalers here in San Diego who ended up in the quarantine zone and all of their citrus is now quarantined. Yes, and, and they, they were they, our primary supplier. They yeah. had the nicest looking stuff. And somebody came in yesterday looking for the closest thing to a Genoa lemon, and we had the the lemon of George's homeland. Si <laughs> Santa Teresa. So she got a Santa Teresa. Oh, I didn't even I know we know. had Santa Teresa lemons. We they've been gorgeous looking trees, but I think they're gone now. I don't think we have any of them left, and I can't get more right now. Yeah. So we'll have to see. They have filed an appeal to see if they can sell their citrus. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. See what happens. Well, yeah, we that's... have a Santa Teresa now at our house in what, the ground. So what's the what's the uh... It's a What's lemon. the big deal I mean, about Santa Teresa? We we joke. You know, my 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 mom was 100 percent Italian from the old country, mm-hmm. and it's we it's the lemon of my, my lemon family, of your people, my people. Yeah, yeah. So it's a eureka type. It's a thick skin, more acid variety, um, but it is a lemon. Just and, yeah. and it's a variety that we haven't had. And we had Genoa too, right? I never right, correct. I've never even heard of it. I had neither until we got them in. And the reason we kept getting them in is because they were such gorgeous trees. They are lesser known, so I think people bought them less, so they got bigger. And they were very nice trees uh, with fruit on them. Hmm. Very nice. But, you know, it's one of the people, you know, what's the best lemon? The one your neighbor is one. Is one one lemonier than the other? Well, I had a gentleman in this week, and I'm a huge fan of the Meyer lemon. Me too. Because it's juicy, it's productive, but it doesn't store well because it has a thinner Thinner skin. skin. You can't ship it. But it'll Uh, it'll stay on the tree for a long time. This guy wanted his rind for twists for his martinis. Yeah, it's not good for that. The soft skin of the Meyer lemon doesn't work. Doesn't do it. No, you need a... 
You need a thicker skin for that one. Yeah. But but if, or to hang out with this or group. or just <laughs> or just or just get your martini with olives like a normal person. Well, I hope I hope uh well, the, he was buying it as a gift. It's still sitting at the nursery, and I hope they're not listening. Cause. The uh, Santa Teresa, though, is supposed to be rich in lemon sourness with a hint of sweetness. A hint? A hint. Just a touch. Hmm. Um, we talked briefly about Asian citrus psyllid and spraying with oil for all sorts of things, and there's a another quarantine. This time it's not in our county. This is up in San Bernardino and Riverside, but it's 550 square miles for oriental fruit fly. And we have wow. we have the Mexican fruit fly up in Valley Center. We have Asian citrus psyllid and HLB all over the county now, well, in many areas of the county, which I think brings us to our reminder and admonition of the day is please don't bring stuff in right. don't from out, out of, out the, of county. the county. Out of and the county. don't move yeah. citrus around this county anymore or anywhere else in the state. Um, we're trying and, and to along those same lines. The black fig fly is a problem for we have that here, and right now the the main growing area in the Central Valley does not. So don't transport fig cuttings either, or yeah. fig figs rather. I'm sitting back enjoying all of my fruits, and now they're gonna go away. So do it for me. <laughs> it's about me. It's all about you. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go up to Penasquitos where Laura is waiting. Good morning, Laura. How are you? Very good. Thank you. What can I we do for you? I have a question. Sure. I have a question about my um, potted tangerine tree. It's probably about 15 years old, and I recently repotted it about three years ago. I normally either have a harvest one year or I don't have a harvest. And the harvest on the tree is usually um, is abundant. But this year is the weirdest thing I can't figure out. I spray with horticultural oil. Um, I only have tangerines that have grown on one branch. So I have about 40 tangerines, which look great and are turning their orange, but only on one branch. I can't figure out why. Hmm. That's a good question. Did, did it... Um was there any did pruning it, that took place? Did it last yeah, year. did it get did it get pruned last year at all? Um, I might have pruned the some of the dead the dead branches, but yeah. not significant pruning. Okay. Not significant. And it's got nice green leaves, but it's the weirdest thing. It's on the west side of the property and um, next to a fence. I have not changed location at all. Well, maybe. And yet I don't know if it's like the bees not accessing it over there i don't i don't know it probably is related to the dead branches and the the cutback if you cut back any non-dead branches um it would take them a couple of years to regenerate blooming and fruiting wood and if the dieback was due to drought stress or something you may have killed back a portion of the tree i would guess it was the hot side of the tree the south or the west side of the tree and damaged the either damaged the new growth as it was coming out or Though those branches died back, and you just have one branch that had enough uh, old fruiting wood on it, and that's what's producing, and it'll take it a season or two of good growth to come back out. Okay, so let me get this right. So even though the tree is completely full of foliage, it affected the fruiting. If it had died, well, I am presuming 
that it has died back on that side of the tree. And now you're seeing new growth coming back out. But okay. that is younger growth, and so maybe next year it'll bloom. Um, I'm guessing that was part of the dead branches you cut out, that it was a, part of a... Fruiting, a the fruiting one. But, yes. you know, something I was thinking, too, is... Is it all the same tree, or do we get some trifolate growing up, and that's what's not flowering and fruiting off the graft? Right. You know, this is an old tree, and, and it's been pretty consistent all around. I usually have to prop up the branches. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I had called you guys about, geez, about five years ago about the grafting where you have the, the thorny part coming out, and right. I had taken care of that okay. based on what you guys had advised. Okay. But this is this is just kind of weird. Never encountered this one. But maybe it is. I, I you trimmed it back a little too far. That's very possible. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I would. Okay. You know, keep keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like you know, if you if you got forty tangerines on it, it sounds like you're doing. It sounds like you're treating it yeah. well, and it's it's liking what you're doing. So I would keep that all the same, yeah. and then see what happens. See what happens this next season. Uh, during the flowering season, take a look at it and see if you have even flowers over the over the entire plant if you don't then there's something else going on there because the, it will not produce fruit where there's no flowers so if you have one branch that's heavily that's heavily budded and blooming but the other branches are not then you have something else going on there okay and can i ask one more question sure uh pomegranates i also potted a pomegranate which did pretty well but and that that tree is about five years old but for some reason, this season, I had a bunch of flowers, and I started getting pomegranates, and they all fall off. And they're pot it's potted also, you said? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, well, I water. mean, water usually That's is yeah, going to be the, the big factor on that, especially in a pot. And, and also, pomegranates yeah. produce so many flowers, a significant number of them are going to come off. But in a container, it's going to be hard to maintain just right to to keep the soil moisture where it needs to be to keep the flowers on or not overdo it or underdo it and cause them to get stressed and drop off so i'd consider okay. trying to find a place to put it in the ground or at least get a bigger pot for it now okay okay i guess i'll be visiting you guys then okay. <laughs> <laughs> and bring, bring some pictures of that citrus tree that that is flowering i mean that's fruiting only on one side because i think we'd be curious to see if it's you know what else might be going on with it Sure, I'd love I'd love the help. Okay. We're happy to do it. Laura, thank you very much for the call. Have a great have a great weekend. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anders along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we're going to head out to El Cajon where Eric is waiting. Good morning, Eric. How are you? 
Good. See, I've been raising Brussels sprouts for a year. I used to have a few of them that are about five, six feet tall. Did really well out on a back slope. I've now got about 30 of them in the uh, planter boxes in the backyard. Uh, a couple of them are three or four feet tall. About a dozen and a half of them are probably a couple, two or three feet tall. I went through a lot of uh, aphid problems, which I've got in check now, but they never seem to bud or ball up. I was wondering if there was any supplements or anything else I can do or what they like, and I'll hang up and listen to your answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Sounds like do a plan. You, do you think the weeder bodybuilder uh, powders chest would help shoulders. them build up or no? I, think, I don't think it's going to work. Okay. I'm going to look at you. Well, to, I, I, yeah. I've given up on Brussels sprouts because of the aphid problem. I because I try to grow organically and I've not had a lot of success keeping them yeah, at it's, bay. It's um, are you? Will you grow? Well, he's not on the air. Okay. I, I'm, I'm wondering if they were starting. Oh, okay. Still. Did you did you start in the summer or or is this a winter crop that you're growing? Because they're a winter crop. Are they a seasonal crop one year or? Are yeah, they something that's correct. Seasonal? Yeah, it's a it's a seasonal crop. You'll put them in the in the fall uh, as a winter crop, cool season crop, and then you'll harvest them in the early spring. And then they're done. And then they're done. Typically, yes. Really, because I had one that lasted about seven years. It almost got like a Diffenbachia plant. It was taller than me, and it would nod you up and give me the best Brussels sprouts ever. These have been growing for multiple years. That's I've got, yeah. I've got three of them in a container that are about, I don't know, three or four feet tall. Got large stems on them. They stay through it all year, all season long. Does it produce? But I does it does any- it produce Brussels sprouts all year it, or? It does. It starts to, and then they tend to blacken up. I think most of this was the aphid problem, but they never they never turn into balls like the ones I've had. And I've been doing this for years. Huh. What do you feed them? Uh, just basically a lot of organic mulch on it. Uh, I don't really give them any supplements. I'm just keeping the aphids at bay this year. I've been out spraying every day now for a couple weeks, and I've got that in check. Now they're starting to look healthy. But what I found surprising is they did better after I kept them for two or three years. What are you, what are you feeding them? I mean, I'm sorry, what are you spraying with? Uh, just soap and water. Don't have an answer. Uh, other than feeding, I mean, uh, feeding with, you said, organic yeah. material. I don't know if, if you're actually providing maybe enough nitrogen for it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would being a foliar that, crop, you'd right. want you'd want a fair amount of nitrogen in there. You might try supplementing with an, with a with a like a with Doctor Earth uh, tomato and vegetable food, um, and actually give it a an organic fertilizer to um, help boost some growth on that. That might help. Yeah. And how often would you say I do that? Oh, it's usually about eight, eight weeks. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you're using like Doctor Earth, it's every every eight weeks, every two months, typically. Yeah. Yep. And okay. I might try just doing well, some as a winter crop and see if you know if you get the the burst of Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you might try putting yeah, if I'm, those plants are a few years old, you might try put try starting out some new, new ones yeah. and see what happens. I've I've got about fifteen of them that are new right now, and I just want to nurture them and see if I can do something. I was just amazed how that you know if they're seasonal, how good the one did because they turn into really big, really pretty ornamental plants when they get super tall. They look like a house dip in Bacchia when I get them, and they get. They get five or six feet tall. Huh. Yeah, they'll get some heights to them as they as they get right. older. It, it looks yeah. like the the keys are food, keeping them well fed, keeping them well watered. Don't ever let them get drought stressed, 
and keeping them right. separated out, not crowded, are the keys to getting them to form yeah, the that's heads. Pretty much where they were are. So I think I'll go with some nitrogen every six or eight weeks and see if that does anything to spur any uh, food on them. Right. Yeah. They're just too pretty. I just like them. You know, they just look really good. So. If I can get some fruit out or some, you know, Brussels sprouts, I'm happy. If not, I'll just keep playing with them. You you've know? got <laughs> to, you've I'm got tired. to love them if you're spraying them almost daily to yeah, keep that, the aphids off, which is great. I gave up. They just didn't want to spray yeah. daily, and I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm just trying to get a little tip because I'm retired, so I got nothing time but give the backyard love. I've been here for 40 years, so I've got fruit trees and all kinds of stuff. Oh, God bless. That's you. awesome. Exactly. I, I appreciate what you do and you guys being there and you guys have a wonderful day and keep nurturing them plants. And thank you thank very you, much. Sir. You too as well, Eric. Have a great weekend. Take All care. Right, take care now. Take care. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Um, during the break, we were talking about another pest that you said Kevin Grangetto has seen. Oh, the avocado lace bug. Yes. And it does similar kind of etching of the leaves as the lantana lace bug. And it's funny that he texted me that today because I noticed some on one of my avocado trees, on my reed avocado, last week. And now I have to go from the cupboard in the garage (laughs) with the horticultural oil to the tree after hooking it up to a hose and turning on the hose. And that part hasn't happened yet. I see. But you've, identi- also, you've identified the problem. Oh, I know what the problem is. And, and he has a solution. Do. Yes. It's just implementing And I the have the solution at home. Right. Uh, funny thing is, is I asked him about the perseamite because the enormous Haas avocado next to the reed has the perseamite. The reed does not have it. And he said they usually die off in the winter when it gets cold. Yeah, he said it's usually just damage on the older leaves and just let it go. I don't know if I can do that. Well, well I guess can. I can. It's what can. I do. It's what I do, and I do it well. I do but one I, thing, and I do it well. Yeah, but I can't accept it. It's going to bother me that it's there. I'm not going to do anything about it, but it's going to bother me that it's there. What I need to do is let go of it bothering me that it's there and assume, well, he's kind of an expert in that field, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. could call him that. Yeah. I guess I guess I could. Yeah, like, I don't I don't see um, Perseumite anywhere near as much as we did 25 years ago right i mean it was it was rampant well you know it's funny that how the how Cycles, things like that how yeah. things cycle like that the other thing that you don't see anymore is um or very rarely is giant whitefly oh i think it's making I, I, it's, it's making, making its way it back I, I have yeah. seen in the last two weeks probably eight or ten people have come in with White fly. Recently, it yep. is it is it's starting to come yeah, back. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, but but I mean it was yeah it was every, it was, it was rampant yeah, like twenty five years ago it was everywhere. I I blamed somebody who for my perseamite because I was assuming it was from the dust of the animals in my yard, from the alpacas and goats that mm-hmm. were creating dust, and they were right next to the tree, and that was creating the conditions that the mites would like but i haven't had those animals for a few years five now. plus years mm-hmm. and still, there's kind of a yeah. big resurgence of mites, so i guess i can't blame anybody for that sure you can blame yourself for not going out there and spraying periodically well i have 
I was up on the top of a ladder with a bottle of horticultural oil because that's what the person I paid to come out and spray twice over like a three or four year period. It, it clears it up very well. Or, or, or as Kevin would would say, I guess it took care of itself. But I paid somebody still to come out and spray the tree. Um, but I did it on the ladder. But I went through a court with just a fraction of the tree, and I can't do a very good job on a. I mean, it must be a twenty-five or thirty-foot tall and wide tree on the fence line. So half of not half, but a side of it's in the neighbor's yard too. So it doesn't make it really. I can't do it it's efficiently, but I did stay on the ladder that time. Well, that was years a, ago. That's a win. Yeah, that's a, that's a win. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to head up to North County where Candace is waiting. Good morning, Candace. How are you? Fine. Thank you for answering. Um, yes, I have a couple questions. Certainly. The first one is um, we want to start a greenhouse right now in winter. We're in North County. And what would you suggest um, to us? have never started a greenhouse and then what type of plants would be good to start right now the second question is um, I've never been to your store so could you tell me a little bit what you have inside your store and what I can expect and etc well as far as the greenhouse is concerned are you looking are you looking to start a greenhouse to grow vegetable crops or uh, just yes okay um, I think the, the next question might be, are you growing them? You want to grow them in the greenhouse all year, or is this just a place to start them so you can put them out in the spring? Um, maybe both. Well, we usually don't need greenhouses here because of temperature. So mm -hmm. we can grow different crops year-round here. So if you wanted to grow tomatoes, which is a warm season crop in the winter, then you would need a greenhouse. But most people switch over at this time of the year from the warm season things to the cool season crops that don't need a greenhouse. Uh, they mm -hmm. just need the soil, and that's all the leaf crops, the lettuces, yeah. cabbage, kale. Yeah. And your root crops. Yeah, it depends what you, what you want to grow, really. As to whether or yeah. not you want a greenhouse, or yeah, you could. I mean, you can grow anything in the greenhouse with the heat, and right. you know, you can grow tropicals. You can grow a lot of different things that you can't do outside. The only additional factor you would have to put in there would be the uh, light. You'd need more light if you're going to grow something that would normally be a warm season plant. So, mm -hmm. the greenhouse is to. What is your? Why do we want the greenhouse? Is it well? For one thing, the um, there are gophers, there are bunnies. Okay. There's all you know sorts of animals, and then I can control the yeah, environment you, a lot more. You certainly can. Well, right now, if you were to get a greenhouse, I would put in leaf, flower, and root crops. And you want as little opaqueness on the top of the greenhouse as possible at this time of the year to let as much light in as you can. Okay. And then... Uh Early in the spring, you could you could start switching out, putting in some. You could put tomatoes in at that point when they. You can get a jump on a tomato crop if you put them in, into a greenhouse and get them started that way as well. Yeah, okay. all the fruiting crops, um, right? Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and then okay. your second question with regard to the nursery, it's that's a big question. We we, we have everything. Everything. 
Yeah, except Problem. for greenhouses. Right? Yeah, we don't. Exactly. We do not have. We, don't we have do not have greenhouses, unfortunately. I mean, a large, um, large vegetable um, selection. We have tons of fruit trees. We'll be having roses here next week or so. We herbs, herbs, yeah. uh, herbs cactus, tropicals, succulents. orchids, a lot of house plants, I mean, a very wide variety of plants, depending on what your interest might be. And then just about any any potting soil, soil right. amendment, mulch, fertilizer, yeah. any. Uh, kind of a control. full service. Yeah, it def- a, a full service garden center, I would say. And if you okay, catch you. George and me on the right day, we'll even be nice to you when you come in. <laughs> Most days. Um, and do you have people come to uh, private homes to help them with their yard? Yes, we do. We can we can arrange that as well. Mm-hmm. And David would be That's the person. Uh, David would be the person to talk to if you want to give give him a call at the Poway store later. Or if you come in and you can ask for him, um, he can give you all the details on that as well. That sounds great. Well, thank you very much. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Oh, thank you, too. You very much. Take care. Have a great weekend. Ah, bye. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. George, you just got back from a trip. We did. That's where you were gone last weekend. And uh, where, why don't you tell everybody where you went? So um, Capri and I and our good friend Mary, uh, Mary was kind enough to take us up on this trip. We went to Vancouver and then we took a ferry over to Victoria and we went to the Bouchard. It's actually, everyone says Bouchard, but it's Bouchard Gardens uh, for their Magic of Christmas display. And it was incredible. Uh, I've been to the gardens before in their, you know, in the summer when it was in, in bloom. It was spectacular, but this garden, the the Christmas light show was incredible. It was, yeah, it's hard to describe. I don't, and none of the pictures did justice of what it was. Um, for those that don't know, that garden has been around since 1904. It was a limestone quarry. Uh, a gentleman named Robert and his wife Jeannie Bouchard, Bouchard, uh, moved there to get the limestone to make a cement factory. And there's one, hmm. one large chimney still there that was from the original factory down in the quarry. And then in 1912, as those limestone deposits started to um, evaporate, they, they were being used, they were gone. Uh, she saw this big quarry and thought it would make a neat garden. So they started backfilling it with topsoil. They had you know carts and mules and horses and such to bring uh, topsoil in. And now it is a world-renowned uh, garden. And they have... Thousands of roses. They have well, none of that's visible, obviously, this time of year. But the light show was was called the Magic of Christmas. They did it with the Twelve Days of Christmas, and you walked this trail. So you know you had you know a partridge in a pear tree, and then the next were two turtle doves, then three uh, French hens, mm-hmm. four birds of calling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as you walk through the garden, that was gorgeous. it. Sounds spectacular. I went there. It was maybe ten or eleven. We were up visiting my grandmother who lived in 
central Washington, and my dad took us over to took us over to took it well to Bremerton. I remember we were in Bremerton, and then I remember taking the ferry over to Victoria, and then going to see. He took us to Bouchard Gardens, and I remember it, I remember it being spectacular. I don't remember any details about it, but I remember it being a, just a spectacular place. We uh, we did high tea in what was the original residence for the family, mm-hmm. and over the years it's transformed. in In the nineteen twenties, they um, got rid of the tennis court and put in their uh, Italian garden, and then they uh, Japanese gardens on on the property as well. And then in nineteen thirty nine, they gifted it to their grandson, who now it's still in the family to this oh, really? day. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah I would highly recommend going up and. And checking it out. If you get the opportunity, it is well worth it. Uh, and what's neat about it, I think they actually say they have five seasons for the because of the Christmas season, in addition to your regular four seasons. But um, it was it's it's hard to describe or to put into words other than spectacular uh, and well worth the visit. And now, the weather held out too. We were very concerned because there, there was a big storm coming, uh, and it the, we had great weather during our nighttime visit little sprinkle but the next day torrential downpour from the entirety of the morning till we we left in the airport it was a lot of rain i've seen amazing pictures of it in all different times of the year but how large of an area is it you know i i didn't get that i I can look it up for you it's acres and acres it's it's a big place uh but well what's it i I think i sent you some pictures of two giant coastal redwoods right Mm -hmm. yes that were planted in 1934 from seedlings and they were 90 years old here shortly, and they're, they're, they're gorgeous. It's part of a pathway. You walk through these two giant redwoods, sequoias. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Coast redwoods. Coast redwoods. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. I didn't even say that, but the coast redwoods. Yes. And the other thing that was pretty neat is their, their rose garden is, is huge. That's the only thing that's labeled. They don't. Have, oh, really? The other, all, a lot of the plants aren't. Well, the labeled. Coast Redwood was labeled. Well, that I... was that was specifically because it was planted in 1934. But yeah, as far as like all the different plants, they said that the roses are the only, every is the only thing that's completely labeled with each rose. Interesting. They had a sign that specifically said that. What what state of dormancy was the rose garden in? Did you? Did yeah, you... we we walked right past it because it took us to the, um, I think it was what's the ladies dancing nine ladies dancing in the song yeah. anyway. Uh, they were pruned back heavily, and they, there's mulch, big, thick pile of mulch around every single... To keep them from freezing. Uh, ...rose. And it, it does get cold there, but it, it, it is, temp, you know, it's, it's moderated by the, the water all around it. So yeah. it's not, there's still a lot of green. The lawns are all green. It, it was quite nice. It sounds spectacular. Yeah. So, Buchar Gardens in Victoria and British Columbia. Correct. Okay. Yep. We're going to go out to La Mesa where Mark is waiting. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for holding. What can we do for you? Yes, good morning. Uh, actually, I have two questions. Um, first of all, do fruit trees age out? Uh, I have one that died. It was about my grandfather planted it 100 years ago, I guess. And the uh, second question would be about, is uh, bat guano a universal fertilizer? Uh, well, first, to answer the bat guano question, it's a, it's a good source of rapid-release nitrogen. Uh, it's not what I would call a balanced fertilizer, but if you need to get some growth going on something pretty quickly, you can you can use it. I would I would be careful of using too much of it for fear that you might get some burn on it uh, because it does release the nitrogen fairly quickly. But it's a it it's a it's a high nitrogen fast release organic fertilizer. Great. Well, thank you. And okay. how old is the as far as the trees are concerned? Orange, the Washington up in Riverside, isn't it? It's over a hundred years old. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, but but. Plum trees sometimes yeah, cannot be very 
it's won't be very long what lived. What type of tree is it? Yeah. yeah, what kind of tree was it that you had? It was a navel orange. It was what? An orange citrus? N- navel yeah. orange. Oh. I mean, they, they can last a like, They can last for a very long time. What was the one yeah. up in Riverside? What, Over a hundred years. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they can live for a long time, so it's... <laughs> yeah, it just died all this, you know, over about a year uh, last year. So I'm just wondering if if I killed it or if it would just. No, aged we'll out. just say it aged well, out. It's yeah. it's the Christmas time of the year, so yeah. we will tell you that it just aged out. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, thank you very much, and I hope you have a merry Christmas. Thank you, thank you, you too, Mark. So have a great weekend. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Ullman. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.